Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Greetings to everyone joining us for a new episode of the European Hoops podcast. We cover the EuroLeague and the top FIBA events. I am André and with me, our basketball expert, Diogo Valente. Hi André, hi guys. Hope everything is okay with y'all. We are here for another episode of the European Hoops podcast. Hopefully you guys stay with us and tune in for the rest of our episodes. André, let us know, man. What are we talking about today? Today we will continue our series previewing every team that will take part on the next edition of the EuroLeague. This is our second episode of 10 that are coming out every day from Monday to Thursday until the start of the EuroLeague season on October 5. As you guys know, we are a sportive presentation and for you not to miss any of these special episodes that we are bringing as well as our in-season coverage, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, you follow us on Twitter at Itus EuroLeague. Also, if you missed our first episode of, of this series and you would like to get up to date with Real Madrid and Aswell, make sure to tune in to that episode as well. Today, we have one of the most enticing episodes of this series. I speak for myself, but I believe I will speak also for Diogo. We will get to hear it from him, previewing the season ahead for Olympiakos and Paratinaikos. Are you ready to get into it? I mean, what better episode do we have than this <laughs> classic uh, of these two Greek giants? Uh, let's go, man. It's going to be very fun. We start by looking at uh, Olympiakos after they finishing the previous season in second place after a dominant uh, regular season. They lost some key players, such as Kostas Lukas and Sasha Vzenkov, but they come into the season again aiming to stay as contenders. And one of the players that they brought in was Nigel William Goss, a guard that played the last two seasons for Real Madrid after having started his professional career with Partizan and having played on the 2018-2019 season with Olympiacos. During his EuroLeague career that he has played for three seasons already, he averages 7.5 points, 1.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.6 steals. Diogo, do you think that Nigel William goes is the guard that uh, Olympiacos needed? I'm not sure. And the reason I say this is because if you look at Olympiacos team, not from this past season, but the year before, when they had Tyler Dorsey, uh, I think Nigel can bring them a lot of what Tyler brought them in that year. And I think he can be a very good scorer for them. But uh, I believe uh, Olympiacos needed a, a bigger guard, or if you can say a wing. Uh, I think a guy that's more... I think they needed a two guard, but who is closer to being a three than a one. And I believe Nigel Williams-Goss is more of a backcourt guy. And I think they needed some more size at, at that position because they already have Walcup and Kanan, who is already a small guy. So I believe they needed a, a bigger guard. And that's what they are still looking for in, in the market. So maybe that guy eventually comes in. But uh, I do think Nigel can help them, though, for sure, because he is a very good scorer. And we talked about this all year, all year past season, that they needed a go-to guy. And I, even though... Nigel wouldn't be my ideal guy for them because, like I said, I think they need a guy with a bit, a bit more size. 
but he is a very good scorer and he can help them on that aspect for sure. So uh, again, I think this is a, a positive addition and I think he's going to be able to help them a lot. It certainly is an interesting dynamic with uh, this Olympiacos team. They are looking for at least one more piece that will connect it all together. And we know that they are on the market for that piece and it might come before the start of the season or with the season already ongoing. But uh, we will go over all the, the parts that they have added to this roster. And we know that they were able to keep very important players like Thomas Walkup. Uh, Larenzakis, Papa Nicolau, Makinski, Isaiah Cannon. Um, they brought in two more players that we are about to get to in Lucas Sigma and Nikola Milutinov. They also kept Alec Peters. They kept Mustafa Fall. So this is a, a cohesive group that has some continuity that will be important for them. And let's look into the, the next player that uh, they brought in. It's uh, another player that is well-known by our listeners and by the followers of the early league, Luke Sigma. He spent the last four seasons with Alba Berlin. And across those four seasons, he averaged 8.8 points, 5.9 rebounds, 4.2 assists, and one steal per game. He's one of our favorites with his high IQ basketball play and the high level that he plays with. He's an excellent playmaker. But Duke, it's never an easy task to replace the EuroLeague MVP, is it? I love this signing. I mean, obviously, everybody knows how, how big of a fans we are from Luke, uh, of Luke Sigma. And... Uh, It's very good for us, for, for the podcast and for the league, to, to have Luke Sigma playing on a, on a contender. And I, I believe he's going to be great for Olympiacos because the, the, style, the style of play that they have fits perfectly with his game. He's a, a, very, yeah, a very high IQ player who, who plays the four, the four position. So I think he's going to be a guy that connects everything together. And, and I do believe if they add uh, the go-to guy that we talked about earlier... I think this signing gets even better just because of the fact that now you actually replaced Sasha with a guy who has a high IQ like Sasha, and then you add a scorer who can give you what Sasha was giving you. So this team would would be a perfect team, I would say, if they are able to do that. And yeah, for sure, they, they'll be contenders again. Absolutely. They are one piece away of achieving that. And I'll make you a very, very hard question right now. I know that you like those, so I'm, I will give it to you. <laughs> Who is a better playmaker, Sasha Vzenkov okay. or Luke Sigma? I think it's Luke Sigma. I think, and Sasha is great, but I, I believe yeah. <laughs> I believe Luke is a a better passer, and I think he he's better at making plays for others. Even if it's not passing the ball, I think uh, setting a screen or making a cut, whatever it is, I think Luke is so complete as a player. He he can really do it all, and I, with the experience he has. I think he's got the the right mindset to to help this team win, and not saying Sasha didn't, of course, but there are I think there are two different players, and I believe Sigma. Again, if they add the scorer, I think Sigma is a perfect complement to this team, and I, I really believe he's a better playmaker. Even though, of course, it's close, and Sasha is amazing, and that's why he got the NBA job, obviously. Of course. Now, and the reason for me to make this question is just uh, to give uh, the Olympiacos fans and our listeners in general um, a comparison of what they can gain and what they are losing. 
I think it's safe to say that Sasha Zankov is a better player. He is. Yeah, yeah, of and course. And he adds in more aspects of the game that uh, Sigma doesn't. Sasha Zankov is a way, way, way better shooter, for example. His ability to play without the ball, without dribbling, it's absolutely incredible. His off-ball reads and uh, play is off the charts. That's why he was the MVP and one of the best players. Now, can Olympiacos do this transition and stay at the top and compete? Yes, they can. Can Luke Sigma be a very important piece for that? Yes, absolutely. And his playmaking is a big part of that. Like you just said, they need like that other scorer, that other exactly. high-level player that will put it all together. And Sigma can be a glue piece, a piece that uh, makes it all fit together. And that's what yeah. uh, we can expect from Luke Sigma this season. Yeah, I think that was the perfect description right there. Like, obviously, if you just replaced Sasha Vzenkov with Luke Sigma, they're not a better team now, of course. Yeah, of course. But if it is Luke Sigma and they get the scorer, the go-to guy, I think that team is just as good. And I think they're going to be competing for championships and for the Final Four. So I believe Luke Sigma is an amazing addition to this Olympiacos team, for sure. Sigma is certainly something for the Olympiacos fans to be excited about. And uh, I am very high on his feet within this Olympiacos team. But something to be excited about is also the next player that they brought, the Serbian big man, Nikola Milutinov, that uh, had played previously for Olympiacos for five seasons. He is now back to help uh, this team to try to achieve glory after being second on the previous season. On his EuroLeague career, where he has played for nine seasons, he has averages of 7.5 points, 5.5 rebounds, 0.9 assists and 0.6 blocks per game. He is a well-known high-level player of the, at the European level. And Diogo, I'm convinced that uh, Milojinov is a great addition to this Olympiacos front court. And between him and Fall, this uh, center position has immense depth and will be one of the strongest of the competition. How important will be Milotinov to this uh, Olympiacos team? So important. Uh, I think I think it's going to be one of the best centers to, to play in Europe. Top three, maybe top two. Uh, I think he's a very good player. He, his, his presence inside is felt right away. He's a very good rebounder. He can score inside. And, and I think he's a high IQ player too. He, he can pass the ball. And he had a, an amazing run in the World Cup with a Serbian team. I think he's a very good player, and I believe this is the type of center that uh, Olympiacos needed, a, a guy that can also contribute offensively, more so than Fall, who was kind of more as a defensive player. And uh, I still think Fall will be important to this team, but uh, I believe Milutinov is the best center on the team, and I think he's going to have a huge impact on Olympiacos. If you are a EuroLeague fan, you are already accustomed with Milutinov and how good he is. If you are new to the EuroLeague, we just uh, urge you to go and look into what he did during the the World Cup and you will see how impactful he can be. And uh, he is a big piece that this Olympiacos team is adding to the next season. And I agree with you. Fall as a backup is uh, very high level. He's a good starter as well, but uh, as a backup, he's uh, very high level. But uh, Milutinov's ability to add on both sides of the court, it will really, do, really be a great, great addition for this Olympiacos do, roster. Do you think? Do you think they're going to start Milutinov from the jump? I think so, because of what we were speaking before about Sigma. 
Sigma is more of a playmaker, so I think that they can use uh, uh, f- another front court partner that can provide more offense than yeah. uh, than Fall does. I think that's the main reason. And I, I don't think there is really a status thing going on with uh, Fall here. I think they will be fine. What I can see happening is alternating starts across the season, yeah. depending on matchups and stuff like that. Yeah, I, think yeah, that I, can I can happen. see that. Yeah. But uh, in general, I think it's Milotinov's job and he will be their main center. I think you agree with me on that. Yeah, I was just asking because I was thinking about this and like Fall has been very good for Olympiacos in the past few seasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has been a big part of that defense just because of his presence inside the paint. Obviously, with no three seconds, he they can just have him there protecting the paint and he was huge in that series against Fenerbahce. So I, I'm, I was kind of wondering uh, how would you think that, that they were going to do it, but I, I do agree. I think they will alternate it d- depending on matchups. Yeah. Actually, let, let's get to that right away and let's uh, talk about what we expect to see from Olympiacos during this season, their strengths and their key players and what outcome we expect to see from them and also what concerns we have. And I think we went over the concerns when we were speaking. They are missing that one piece that will elevate them to the to the top of the standings or to the top of the power rankings or projected standings heading into this season. How do you expect them to be playing? What do you think will be crucial for them? Because what you were mentioning about, there were two very important things about uh, about uh, this Olympiacos team last season. The way that they defined it, the way that they yeah. shared the ball. And some big pieces that uh, were very important on that um, went away. Slukas is not with the team anymore. Sasha Zankov is not with the, not with the team anymore. And uh, Fall was uh, such an important piece for the way that they defined it. How do you see them adjusting all of that? And how do you expect to see them playing this season? I think they're going to try to to maintain the the same type of of playing style, like the, just being so good defensively and then sharing the ball offensively. It's just with different guys. I mean, with Milutinov, even though Fall is that big dude who can just stay in the paint and protect the rim, I think Milutinov is a very big guy as well, and he can stay in, and he can protect the rim also. And I think he's a better rebounder than Fall. And like you said before, offensively, it just gives them a better a, a better option. But uh, I believe. If they do add this go- this go-to guy, this score, I think they actually need more of a, a small forward than a shooting guard, because even though Papa Nicolau is an amazing player, as we know, I think at this stage of his career, he's pro- he probably should be on a on a backup role. This is my opinion. I don't know if you agree with me, uh, but no, I think do I if do they I agree with you, yes, yeah, if they're able to add that guy, I think they're going to be able to to do so many great things. I think they're going to be able to play so many different uh, play styles. They can run. They can defend. They, they're still going to be elite defensively, regardless of who comes or if nobody comes. They're going to be a great team defensively because that's just how Bartzukas operates. Uh, and and this is another part of that team. Of course, they are so well coached that they're always going to be a very good team. But I do think they on, they kept the the personnel to to play the same style. Yeah, and on Papa Nicolau, um, I think that he. Is a high-level player that will be closing games for them. I just don't think that uh, you will want him to be having a very heavy load of minutes game after game and during the regular season. You will want him to be at his best in the high moments of the season and you will want to have a roster that allows him to to not need to play such uh, heavy dose of minutes during the, the regular season. And for me, that's one of the keys for this roster. And then it comes down to who is their go-to guy in the clutch time. And 
this was something that uh, transitions from last season and that missing piece is uh, the key for all of this it's the key for the way that they will be able to play on both sides of the court it's the key for the way for how high they can reach in the standings but um, will you agree with me that uh, I believe that uh, there is a continuity despite they losing some big pieces there is a continuity in philosophy in the big part of the core of this group and uh, I think that uh, they, at the very least, are a playoff team that will try to contend to to stay at the top of the EuroLeague. Yeah, I agree with you. Because, again, I, I do think they're going to get another guy. And even if they don't, they are still an amazing team. But I do think they're going to get one. And I think that guy is going to help them a lot. But uh, uh, since we're speaking on it, I kind of have a question for you. Uh, which type of player, uh, and we know it's a go-to guy, but like, can you give me like a comparison of a of a player that uh that it that that they can add a type of player like him well for me the they have a elite guard on Thomas Walcup and i think that they can use because they have so much depth on the guard position with Cannon and yeah. with uh, Nigel i think that they can use um a forward player, and of course, <laughs> this one is taken already. And uh, a player like Juancho, for example, would be lead for them. A player that can create offensively, but um, yeah. for me, a good, a good, a good connector for this uh, Olympiacos team will be uh, a player that. Uh, and of course, it's easy for us to just pick in any elite forward of the Euroleague, but. Uh, if they can get a player that uh, can become what uh, Nigel Hayes Davis was for Fenerbahce last year, or if they can have a player uh, that can provide them with uh, playmaking on both sides of the court, that can be an uh, elite defender for wing players, but can also score on the other side of the court, that will be the type of player that I will be looking for them. Yeah, that, that's a great one. Uh, I was thinking, when I, when I thought about this question... My mind immediately went to Fenerbahce and to those two wings with uh, Nigel Hayes-Davis and uh, Deshaun Pierre. I think that type of player would be great for a team like Olympiacos just because of the style that they play, being elite defensively and then being able to score on the other side. And and I think those two guys are amazing. So a, a type of player like that would be great for this team, for sure. And I also wonder if they can go a totally different direction and uh, continue to use just examples from the early. A big guard like Wade Baldwin that uh, can defend, but uh, is also a clear go-to guy offensively. I wonder if they might end up needing more of a go-to guy that is reliable in the end of games. And it's funny that I mentioned Wade because we we have mentioned over and over again how that's (laughs) what he needs to improve on and being reliable in the end of games. But a big guard like that can be a player that um, that can give them that. And there is a player that uh, has been talked and being linked into the EuroLeague. And when you made me that question, I was trying to go over the, the potential players that can be available. And a player like Terrence, Terrence yeah. Davis, I don't know. Yeah, was I, was expecting, I was expecting you to say that name. <laughs> yeah, a player like Terrence Davis, because he has the size to play the tree. But uh, he's yeah, yeah. more of a guard, but he, he had the, the uh, more of a guard, and he has the size to play the tree. 
he can be that go-to guy in the end of games. He can uh, p- provide play defensively. Has the at least has the tools to play defensively, and uh, he can be the type of player that really can elevate this team. And uh, while the the forward uh, three four that uh, can play like uh, Nigel or uh, Deshaun Pierre, I understand the appeal for that. Uh, I could also go the other direction and look into a player like Terence Davis that uh, maybe can be on his way to the EuroLeague as a, a great connective piece for this uh, Olympiacos team. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, I think Terence would be very good in EuroLeague and he would be a great fit with this Olympiacos team. I, I do agree with that. We do expect to see Olympiacos signing at least one more player and we will be keeping track of that. So you guys make sure to subscribe to the podcast and following following us on Twitter at Itos Euroleague. We will get you guys up to date as soon as that happens and the implications of that. But let's now switch our focus into another Greek giant and let's talk about Paratinaikos and oh man, the turnover that they had from last season to this one. They were needing to take a step up, and they certainly did that. They have 11 new players and a new head coach, and let's start with the head coach. What impact do you expect to see from Ataman on this Paratinaikos roster? I think it's going to be great. Uh, I think, obviously, from the names that they added, I mean, we're going to get to them in a second. But, uh, of course, Ataman winning those back-to-back championships with Efesh, we know that whatever team he's on, he's going to want to win. I mean... He's a winning coach, and he has shown that he has the ability to lead a team to a championship. And with the way Panathinaikos had been struggling the past few seasons, I think this is a great addition, and I believe he is ready to turn things around in Panathinaikos. Sometimes it's that simple. You pick a high-level coach with a winning pedigree, you put him together with a high-level historical club with winning pedigree, and... It just works and it just makes sense. So I that might be what we are witnessing here. But let's look into the 11 players that they brought in. And let's start with uh, the guards. First of all, mention to Mario Grigonis. That is one of the continuations for this uh, Paratinaikos team. Kalazakis is also staying with the team. Samodrov, a very promising young player, is also staying with the team. And Matsokas in the front court is also a continuation for this season. But uh, let's look into the guards that came in. And we had Costas Lucas, Luca Vildoza, both players that were playing in the EuroLeague. And uh, we also had the additions of Dimitri Moratis, Kyle Guy, and Jerrion Grant. Kyle Guy for the Juventud Badalona last season had averages of 11.8 points, 1.7 rebounds, 2.6 assists, and 0.5 steals per game in the Europe Cup. While Grant, after playing one season for Milano, um, last season played in the Euro Cup, having averages of uh, 14.9 points, 3.2 rebounds, 6.1 assists, and 1.3 steals per game. But Lucas, Vildoza, Moraitis, Kyle Guy, Jerrion Grant, Marius Grigonis, they are not short on depth in the guard position. Not at all. I mean... When you talk about guard play, can you get better than this? <laughs> I mean, obviously we have Maccabi with Lorenzo and, and Wade, but uh, I think this team is so stacked. Like they have five or six very good guards who can play at a high, high level in EuroLeague. So I think it's going to be very exciting. Obviously, uh, Luca Vildoza has been a, a very good guard in EuroLeague for the past few years. Uh, Slukas, I mean, of course, one of the closest players in EuroLeague history. 
He, he's older now, but he still contributes at such a high level and was one of the most important players for Olympiacos run last season. So going to the rival now, I think that's going to be such an exciting matchup when they play against each other. <laughs> it's going to be awesome to watch. They, they have a, a very good guard. Uh, they are very good at the guard position, and I'm very excited to watch them play because I think Adaman, we know Adaman loves to play guards. He, he started this whole guard play thing in EuroLeague with Efej, with uh, Misic and Larkin. So I think he can do something similar with these guys. They don't have two guys like top dogs like Larkin and Misic, but they have like five or six guys who can play at that level any given day. So I think it's going to be very exciting. You just said that and, um, about uh, having one of these guys being one of the best players in the early. Maybe that's not what we will see, but we will just have elite card play game after game. And you mentioned Wade and Lorenzo, and we also have Monaco with uh, Mike James, Kemba, um, Okobo, and Floyd. And um, that actually, he's actually injured, and we wish him a good recovery. But uh, when we do our battles for the best guards, best. Uh, backcourt of the Euro League. <laughs> I think some teams will have the, the first, the second, the third, or all yeah. will have two or three in the top ten. I mean, <laughs> last year, that battle was close. I think this year is going to be even better because yeah, it's kind it's of ridiculous, ridiculous <laughs> how stacked the Euro League is at the guard position. Like, and Paradox is just an example of that with these excellent backcourt players that they have on their roster. And um, if we have something on this roster that is special, is the guard depth and the high-level quality of those guards. And I actually have a question for you regarding that. How okay. many three-guard lineups do you think we can see this uh, team playing? And do you think that uh, these guards have the size and the ability to play defensively to to be able to for us to see some three-guard lineups in the in the court often for them? I mean, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, I believe a guy like Grigonic ha has decent size to play some minutes at the three, but uh, but it's going to be tough. Uh, I believe, I I think for sure, two of these guys will always be on the court at all times. They, I think they're going to run two guard lineups the the whole forty minutes because obviously with five or six guys at this level, you you have to play them, right? I mean, you can only have twelve players suited up, so two of them will have to be on the court at all times. And the fact that they have this type of rotation is is amazing. But to run three-guard lineups, I think it's going to be very hard because they don't really have size like that. And maybe Grigonich can run some minutes at the three, but I don't think we're going to see a lot of it. But at times, maybe we can see something. But I think it's it's got to be with Grigonich at the three. Wing play will be crucial for this roster. The Greek team added two forwards that uh, they expect big things from during this season. Papa Petro and uh, one of the biggest signings of this uh, summer, Juancho Hernan Gomez. They are lacking that wing player, but these two forwards that certainly will give them many minutes at the three position as well. How do you expect them to impact this roster? I think it's gonna. I think they're going to have a huge impact here. And especially Juancho, of course. I mean, he's such an amazing player. And I think for this level, he's going to be awesome. And Papa Petru, too. I mean, he didn't have the greatest season for Partizan last year. But when he was with Panathinaikos the year before and a couple of years before that, he, he was a, a high-level player. And maybe he can get back to that uh, on a role that where he doesn't have to be the best player on the floor for them. I think he can help them a lot. Uh, backing up Juancho, uh, I think it's going to be very interesting. And I think they can work that out with Wancho being the main guy and then Papa Pedro coming off the bench and filling those shoes, I think it's going to be very good. They don't lack 
talent on this team and um, Juancho joining the EuroLeague and it was an interesting off-season because we had uh, a lot of uh, transitions between EuroLeague and uh, and the NBA. We had Petrushev, Misic, Zankov all going to the NBA, but EuroLeague received players like Willie, like Juancho, yeah, like Campbell Walker and... Um, Jabari I don't Parker, know I mean, so many. Exactly, it's so many players coming. And th- what this signalizes is uh, that the level of the EuroLeague is uh, raising and we have reasons to be excited about the, the next years. And we know that the EuroLeague is expanding. There is talk about uh, games between uh, NBA teams and EuroLeague teams. There is talk about uh, yeah. the EuroLeague teams eventually participating in the in-season tournament of the, the NBA. And the level is really, really high. And I think Juancho especially, but of course, Papa Petro will be a key piece for this uh, Palatinakos team. But Juancho is a player that uh, will be determinant for their aspirations to to win it all and to compete for titles. But before we get to what we expect from this team, let's look into their bigger players and their poor forwards and centers, knowing that Juancho and Papa Petro will also play some of that. And that's why that wing player is something that they are missing. But let's then look into the players that they added this season for their poor forward and center positions. This team comes into this season with 11 new players. And besides Papa Petro and Juancho, that will be playing some of the poor four minutes as well, we have Mitoglu, Lasort, and Pasharlowski that will play crucial role for these teams in the, their front court positions, in their center position, their poor four position. What do you expect to see from them? Well, I expect them to be very, very good at this level. Uh, Lasort last season had a, an amazing year with Partizan. So, and I don't think he's going to be anything short of that. I think he's going to be amazing again. And with a guy like Balsarowski, who can stretch the floor and who is a very good player at the center position, he's versatile. He can, he's agile. So I think they actually, they actually can play together. And I think they would be a, a very good fit, honestly. So I believe Panathinaikos is very well served at the big man spot. And I think these two guys will be awesome for them. I'm very excited about seeing Balsarowski in the, in the EuroLeague. I think Mitoglu showed some promise in the where he is at with the Greek national team, especially in oh, their preparation. For sure. games. I mean, yeah. Before he got hurt, he, he was playing at such an elite level, and he can really help this team as well. Yeah, I think that uh, this trio of players they can just give such different looks to the other teams' ability of Mitoglu to stretch the floor, all the way that Lesort plays, Barcelovsky physicality, mobility for his size. They just have so many different looks and let's let's just see how this all fits together and all of these new pieces fits together. They have 11 new players, a new coach. They are speaking about adding uh, a one more piece and we heard talks about Svi that now is signed with, uh, Boston, with the Boston Celtics but it's just a partial guarantee contract so he's still on the table but uh, they are looking to add one more piece to this already very deep, deep roster. How do you think this will all fit together? What are the strengths, your concerns of regarding this team? The key players for you? What outcome we expect to see from this Paratinakos team? And I have mentioned it several times during this episode. I think that the wing play will be crucial, but they have pieces because they have Grigonis that can play up the lineup. Uh, Juancho and the Papa Petro can clearly play the, the three position. So they have pieces to fill all the, the positions on the court without a problem. But I think that uh, if they are to add one more player, that's where they will be looking at to add. 
But what about you? What do you expect to see from this uh, Paratinaikis team? Well, first of all, I expect them to be in contention for, for the big stages, like the, the Final Four, and obviously playoffs, of course. But I, I do think they are a contender to make to the Final Four and compete for a championship. Uh, I think the, the mentality to, to win is going to be there. I think Adam and will try to install a winning culture in there with the guys that he's headed. And I think this team can actually work on the on the court. Like I think they can fit together. Like you said, they they are missing a, a wing who is like a, a true three. Uh, Juancho and Papa Pedro can play the three, but at this level, maybe they're they're more of a power forward. But uh, in my opinion, uh, I think their front court, the, the three players on the front court that should be playing the most minutes should be Juancho at the three, uh, uh, Lasorte at the four, and Balsarowski at the five. But I wanted to ask you this. Uh, do you think they will use Juancho more at the three or at the four? I think he will be their starter, starting three and that he will play most of his minutes at the three. Now, my question is, are they willing to go heavy on Lasort and uh, Basharlovsky on the, on the poor forward and center positions? That's for me what I don't know because... I wonder if they might lack shooting. And we know that how powerful their backcourt is, but I don't know if they can get away with heavy minutes of that duo. And if that's not the case, then we will see eventually Juancho starting at the four. But who will start at the three? Probably Papa Petru, but they will have no backup in that rotation for, for that position. They have many uh, ways that they can use this uh, roster and they have so much depth and so many high-level players that uh, they will be fine, that's for sure. And I agree with you. The ceiling of this team is to fight to be on the Final Four and they have legit aspirations to be there and to fight to be there. Now, Juancho is their most important player because if I have to select a player from Paratinacos in this moment that will be in the fight to be the MVP of this edition of the EuroLeague, I'm not favoring him to be at this moment, but if I have to pick pick one, will be Juancho. I think he's that important for this team. If you'll play the three or the four, I honestly don't think it will change that a whole lot. But I think that as the roster stand right now, he is their starting small forward. But what about you? Where do you see how do you see them starting, especially those front court positions? Okay, so the way I look at it is like The guards are, are all small guards. I mean, Grigonich has some size, but Vildoza, Calgais, Lucas, Grant, they're all small guards. So that's why, I, in my opinion, I think they should go with the front court of Wancho at the three, uh, Lasort at the four, and Balsharovsky at the five. Or it can be Mitoglu, I mean, depending on matchups, but those three guys, uh, Mitoglu, Lasort, and Balsharovsky, two of them in there. So, and why is that? Because having such small guards... Like, if you look at Efes, those years they won the championship, Misic is a big guard. And even though Larkin's small, Misic is a big dude who can guard twos at will. But then these guys, they're all small. So I think they need to use that size on the front court to protect the, the guards. And that's why I think Juancho should be mostly at the three. And even Papa Petro, he's also a big guy. So him at the three, that works as well. But I believe those two guys should play mostly at the three. This, of course... Uh, while the team is currently constructed. If they add another guy who is a, a, a more pure three, maybe I would move Juancho to the four. But uh, I believe he should be playing at the three most of the minutes as currently constructed. I agree with you. I, I just told you, I think that Juancho should be starting at the three for this team. And it comes down to how they want to line up their front court. 
and I think Papa Petro off the bench makes a lot of sense because of having exactly that backup small forward that can have some size on the court. What yeah. for me is so intriguing about this team is like defensively, how they will work defensively. They will need to defend as a unit, as a team. They will need to be that good defensively. They will need to, to perform uh, as a team and defend as a team because as, in terms of individual defenders, they don't have elite solutions in, in those positions right now. Well, I think Suancho has to be that guy to, to be the, the top defender on this team. And I think he has to lead the way for them. Ideally, uh, I believe he should be guarding fours, and especially at the EuroLeague level. But uh, but I think he's going to have to guard threes because I believe, like we talked about before, they're going to go with the big front court and he's going to have to guard threes. But I think he's going to be able to do a good job at that. Uh, the fact that they have so many guards maybe can help them like be more aggressive on defense, knowing that if they have to come out, they have those guys to back them up. And that's a part of having a deep team is for you to be able to have a, a full rotation. And I think these guys have the ability to do that. Uh, earlier on this episode, you made me a great question about what player I would uh, add to the Olympiacos roster. And I will turn <laughs> that question to you, but maybe I will be asking and answering because... Well, for Olympiacos, I think that a big guard that can play the three like Terence Davis uh, would make a lot of sense. Here, uh, I think that uh, a player like Nigel Hayes-Davis would, would be just perfect. <laughs> just like, it's this player, you put it there and it's perfect. But who I, I mean, is there any team where Nigel Hayes-Davis would no, yeah, be yeah. perfect? That's a, very, that's a very, 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 very good point, actually. He will just fit anywhere and will be just perfect to anywhere. But, but for this team and for Paratinaikos specifically, they have... Very strong front court, very strong back court, and th- there is like in the wings they have good players. They they will have very good minutes at the tree. They will have very good minutes at the tree, but they don't have a pure wing exactly as you described it. Is there a player that you think uh, that comes to mind that you can think of that will fit that description and what this team needs? Yeah, I do honestly, and I I don't think this guy is much talked about. But uh, after watching the the World Cup, uh, I think he was very good for his team. And it's Isaac Bonga. I think a guy like that, I think That's he's a, a great, great defender. great, one. Yeah, I think he's a very good defender. And offensively, for Germany, he was at a, a very good level, especially when Franz was hurt. And I believe for this team that has all the firepower offensively with Juancho and all of those guards, I think a guy like this could be a, a great fit for that team to, to be the, the top defender. And then offensively, he can hit some shots too. And he, they have enough creators to give him shots, uh, open shots, I mean. So I think that would be a great one. Yeah, that will be a perfect piece for them to add on this team. And even if you weren't to start, he just uh, adds that wing defender that they need. So that's a very, very good pickup. And you went deep to grab it and you did great <laughs> picking that that player up. What we have heard is that they are heading into a different direction. And I think that for some reason they want even more firepower. What will be... Yeah. We are here for it. We love it. Uh, we take it. Uh, and... I mean, well, uh, we talked about FS last year that they didn't they didn't shoot enough and they didn't play fast enough. I think Adam is trying to correct that this year. <laughs> this team. <laughs> no, that's that's actually a good point because they <laughs> will be doing all of those things that we thought that they should be do should have been doing, and um, from. My point of view, just in terms of a compliment, a player like Bonga would be ideal for this team. But uh, for another side, um, they will be up there with the best. And sometimes it comes down to the team with more talent and uh, 
they will just be able to pick and choose the matchups that fit them the best from game to game. And uh, with so much firepowers they have, uh, they will be able to do it uh, insanely high level. And this Paratinaikos team, uh, we can expect a bounce back from them. And we both say the same. We expect them to be in the fight to reach the final four and certainly in the fight to the playoffs. But I really urge you guys to stick around until our last episode of these previews when we will go over the poor rankings and we will see how many teams will be on that fight and how good the level of this EuroLeague season will be. With this, we reach the end of this episode. Tomorrow, we will be bringing you our preview of Monaco and Alba, followed by our preview of Barcelona and Bayern Munich. We have many interesting teams to keep track of during this offseason and we will go over every single one of the 18 teams. So make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and also follow us on Twitter at Itos EuroLeague. As always, I will be talking with you guys soon. Bye, guys. See you on the next episode. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu.